Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the We Call It Soccer Show. I'm Walker Manning, joined by my guy, always in his beanie, always coming prepared with the stats, with the hot transfer takes, with the news. Michael, Martin, Jeffrey, Jordan, Fahey. How you doing? I'm good. How are you on this beautiful day? I am good on this beautiful day. Kind of brisk. Very windy. So um, in advance, sorry if you hear some clanking. That's my window. I, I, I got to figure that out. But, but we had a beautiful couple days of games, two, two, two games each for most of the teams. And um, we, definitely got, we definitely got some surprise results to talk about, some great games on Boxing Day. And uh, we're also going to give you guys our team of the year, our team of the year. So um, without further ado, the first game of the week, marquee game of Boxing Day. It was a it was a, it was a great game. It was it was number two in the table versus number three in the table at the time, um, taking on each other. They both gave it their all. Um, Marcus Rashford opened up the scoring. Bruno Fernandez had a hand in everything that United did on attack, per usual. But um, not too long later. Harvey Barnes was able to equalize. Um, unfortunately, Victoria Lindelof, who was filling in at right, right back quite nicely, I might add, went out for Axel to win Zabi. Um, But that wasn't the sub that changed the game. The sub that changed the game was Edinson Cavani in for Anthony Martial. Off rip, makes a beautiful driving run after he receives the ball, plays a nice through pass to Fernandez. Boom. 2-1 United, I think it's done and dusted. There goes my money on the Leicester double chance, but no, no, no. They have one more chance, a teasing ball across the face of the net, own goal, Axel, two in Zabi. A draw was, I think, fair in this game. What did you think? Um, yeah, I'd say a draw was pretty fair, but uh, if one team deserved to win, I'd say I guess it was United. Uh, too many chances missed on United's end. The biggest one of the game coming in the first minute when Marcus Rashford had probably like the most gimme header I've ever seen in a Premier League game. And he just sent it right over the bar. Um, further proof that he is a winger and not a striker. And But Lester played well. Um, James Madison, I thought, was really good in this game. He controlled... And a lot of the positive things came through him, even though it doesn't really show up. He was a part of a lot, in my opinion. And as you said, Bruno just being Bruno, saving this, what would be a relegation side without him into a top four and title contender. Um, and my man Fred, can't he's just insane. He's so good. He's so, so, so good. And uh, – yeah, but it was a good game to watch. Really exciting end-to-end stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm lucky with the own goal, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, it, it happens. That's, a, that's the kind of stuff that makes soccer the wonderful game that it is, the unexpected stuff, the stuff that goes against the run of play, goes against the story of what the stats tell you. Um, one question I have for you and Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, did Daniel James deserve the start or was he just a bit excited after a solid Leeds game? Uh, 
did not deserve a start. He doesn't deserve any starts, in my opinion. But uh, I think it is because come the end of January, Daniel James will be on loan elsewhere in the Premier League. Uh, and, you know, got to get him some game time, show him off. And uh, he performed well against Leeds, put up an absolute stinker today. But, uh, you know, United have a couple of right wings coming in. Uh, one that's here, Palestri, and then the next Messi uh, coming in and Dom Diallo. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. But he did not deserve to start this game. And I think Ollie was just doing something Ollie does, something weird. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with you on that. Speaking of transfer news, no, no rumors about this today. Just me putting this out there into the universe. Uh, Sydney need a CDM. Someone who really jumped off the screen was Wilf and Didi. He won the ball up high up the pitch several, several times. He was active all over the pitch, covering back. He can play center back for them and has. I know Leicester drive a hard bargain, but um, Ridiculous. as they say in Manchester, money talks, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't pay an, around $80 million for him because I think they have a terrible record of players who they sell for $80 million. They end up being absolute shit. We have a terrible record of paying eighty million for players as well. Mares, um, I think he's really—you can't really say he hasn't been a flop. To be honest, he has flashes in the pan. Maybe he doesn't get the consistent starts, but he—he's gotten his opportunity. I think this season, maybe at the number nine, but also on other spots, and uh, he, along with everybody else, has been lacking. But um, United will take. Who's, who's not lacking though? Jack Grealish and the villains. Bertrand Traore. Uh, up, uh, up Mike Dean and his... No, not Mike Dean. What am I talking about? What's his name? Dean Smith. Dean Smith. Up Dean Smith and the men. Um, they opened up the scoring early. It was a uh, nice save from, um, from Gaeta, but bounced into a dangerous area. Traore was there to finish it comfortably. In the 39th minute, Tyrone Mings gets a foul, gets a yellow, and Will Saha gets another yellow for a little tussle they had. Um, I don't know how to feel about this because I saw why Mings got the yellow, but I don't think the referee saw it, and I think he gave the yellow to Mings for the altercation, which I don't think he deserved one for. I think he deserved one for clipping out his leg initially. But I didn't see that till VAR, and I doubt the ref saw it till it slowed down 10 times speed either. And um, that's important because Tyrone Mings gets done up by Zaha. Um, doesn't grab him or anything, but it's a foul 40 meters from net. So I think a bit unnecessary on his part. Gets the red card, and you're thinking, oh, no, they're in trouble. Bertrand Troy's wonderful day comes to an end because they need to cover for their center back. Um that didn't matter, though. You wouldn't know they had 10 men by the way they played. In the 66th minute, Courtney House off a uh, – it hit the post from Ollie Watkins. Kid's getting really unlucky. It's kind of it's kind of sucks. He makes it 2-0 before the third goal by Anwar Ghazi. Absolute worldie, by the way. Cut yeah. back from Ollie Watkins, crossed his face in that top bins. Nothing you can do about it. Ollie Watkins actually hit post again. So – um. Kid's getting unlucky. Needs to find the back of the net, but I, I think he will sooner rather than later. Palace, though, 
disgusting. I, I I don't know how I don't know how you 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 play this bad when you're when you're up a man, especially on the back of a seven no. You would think these guys would be motivated to make a statement. But uh, what do you think about this game? Um, yeah, just insane from Villa, really. Just to be able to do that with one less player on the field for half the game. Um, and 3 nothing honestly, does not do Villa justice. This could have very easily been five or six with a man down. So just crazy. And uh, talked about him, at a, in a, uh, talked about him for a little at the beginning, but uh, Jack Grealish dropping a eight-plus uh, match rating with no stats. That just shows how important he is to this team, what he can do. He had six key passes, 50% on long balls. Just crazy. Two big chances created. This guy is insane. Insane. He's an elite physical specimen, and he carries them on his back every week. Uh, but another guy who carries for Villa, Emiliano Martinez, I think, without a doubt, their signing of the season. No ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, Arsenal are so dumb for letting him go. But he's shown he's a top keeper in the league, and it's it's crazy what he's able to do, keep him in games, make big saves when he has to. Just He's really establishing himself as a premier number one in this league. But, uh, yeah, onto Palace, just embarrassing, kind of. The only person who really... I think Palace didn't have like a consistent player in their lineup other than uh, Guaita. You know, everyone else is hit or miss. Zaha and Ezzy could be, no one can stop them on their day. But then the next game, neither of them could be a non-factor and you want them off the pitch at the half hour mark. It's kind of crazy and not good for Roy. Uh, he'll figure it out though. Palace aren't going anywhere, but uh, they need to start stringing some good results together. Uh, yeah, they they do. And um, I, I think a telling stat about this game, I, I, I've been constructing a, a goal, a goal prediction model, as you know. And um, one of the one of the, uh, the variables I use is passes allowed per defensive action. And that's that's the pass. The number of passes you allow the uh, other team to complete in your half before you attempt to win the ball back, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, pal- the lower the better, because that means you're winning the ball back quicker. Palaces were at seven, Villa was at nine, and they were down a man. So they're barely doing any better than them winning the ball back, and they had an extra man. I, I think that's just absolutely ridiculous from them. Yeah, that's a crazy stat. I like that. Yeah, I uh, shout out xg.com. The soccer nerds holding it down. Um, next game on the weekend, impressive result for Fulham. But, I mean, I, I don't think there's too much to talk about here considering it was 0-0. I mean, nice performance as always from Anthony Robinson. Uh, several missed chances as always from Fulham. And, um, I mean, you know, it, they still should get the three points, I think. But, no Danny Ings and no Yannick Vestergaard for Southampton. So that's, that hurt them here. And I think uh, it'll continue to hurt them as long as they're missing those two integral players, mostly Vestergaard though, 
because in the air he is a menace. And uh, they had a lot of set pieces. And uh, maybe they could have scored one if he was in. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, the, the most eventful thing in this game was all the VAR checks. Um, just kind of pretty like a run-of-the-mill, nil-nil. Um, so there's not much to talk about in that game. I'm just going to point out how awesome and elite and insane Anthony Robinson is. Uh, another big chance created. Definitely should have had an assist. But, uh, you know, he's just continuing to play really well at this level, and that is awesome to say the least. So good for him. Yeah, he should have had an assist, but Mitrovic going to Mitrovic, you know. And uh, Lookman going to Lookman. Lookman. Yeah, yeah. phone going to follow him. <laughs> but um, someone who did something out of character, I I mean, I good three points, but I'm saying this right off the bat, this was a fluky result. Yes, they played better than Chelsea. Did they deserve all three points? I'm going to say no. Because, all right, the penalty, fine. Granit Xhaka scored, makes it 2-0 off a free kick, an absolutely beautiful free kick as well. And um, that's just not in his bag. He could never hit it again if he tried. Not even in training, he won't hit that again. Yeah, that's never happening again. And Bukayo Saka tried to cross it to the far post and um it was a bad cross like it, it, it was extremely fortunate it hit off the inside of the post and um sheesh i mean absolute worldy by accident uh tammy abraham makes it 3-1 in the 85th too little too late and Jorginho has been officially figured out leave the hop skip and a jump to bruno fernandez uh the penalties aren't for everyone they're not 3-1 Arsenal. Um, I will say this, though. I was impressed by all three of the youngsters who played. Saka, Smith-Rowe, and Martinelli. Not so much because of the, uh, of the accidental worldie that Saka scored, but more because the energy that those three have pressing from the front. I think they give you a lot more than Aubameyang, Willian, and uh, I don't Sabios, maybe I don't know who the fuck would play it. Maybe I'll not, I don't know. But no, uh, they give they give you more than those people. They were a lot more active than I've ever seen them been. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea though, oof. They need to figure out that front three because Werner is not cutting it. He's not adjusting the Premier League well. Pulisic and Hudson Odoi were the only real creative presences on Chelsea. Uh, Conte played too far up the pitch and didn't really do much of anything because that's not what he's great at. And uh, Free Giroud, that, is, that, that was my takeaway from the end of the game. What do you think? Um, yeah, uh, Timo Werner is absolute dog water. He is so bad. Um, so is Kai Havertz, not spoken about enough. Both of them... Given first year in the Premier League, you know, it's really hard to come in and hit the ground running and, you know, be insane like someone else named Bruno Fernandez. But uh, just Chelsea need to figure it out. I've said this many a time. Frank is not a good coach. He will get sacked sooner rather than later. Um, like, 
there's an ongoing thing of who gets sacked first, Ali, Frank, or Mikel. And I think there's no question about it. It's going to be Frank. Uh, but uh, yeah, just, and like you said, with Pulisic and Hudson Adoy, the best front three is Pulisic, Hudson Adoy, and Giroux. And you rarely ever see that, ever. And yeah. uh, it's knocking on Frank's part for noticing it. Maybe he's, you got to understand that he has to give those big money signings chances, but Mason Mount's not a big money signing. Why does he push Pulisic out of position, who's arguably their best attacker? Like, uh, why does he take Werner out of his nine position and play him where Pulisic's supposed to play, who again is arguably your best attacker? But um, good game by Arsenal, though. Uh, like you said, the penalty was dodgy, but I get why they didn't overturn it. If it wasn't called the penalty, they weren't going to give it. They called it. They can't overturn it. Uh, but they they did what they had to do. They came in, got themselves up for a derby, and uh, got a very, very, very needed three points, which will, I think, personally, help that locker room a lot. And uh, people aren't going to be walking around with their heads down. You know, they beat Chelsea. So that's nothing to scoff at for any team in the league. But, uh, yeah, good good job, Arsenal. Um see if they can keep it up because they need to and they're still going to finish above Leeds so there you go so you lost me at the last part because they're not going to finish above Leeds I had to double down I had to double down I know I know I'll triple down next episode you you can at your own peril Um, I agree it's a big three points for a locker room always good to get three in a derby uh no matter how good or bad anybody played or how fluky the game was, three is three at the end of the day. Um, his, so, Werner, I agree with you 100%. Um, I, I don't like that he's being moved out of position. However, he's not playing well in his position. Um, he seems to just be a bit small to be a Premier League nine. Um, and they have a lot of depth on the wings and people who are better than him on the wings that are natural wingers. So, sorry, bud. Something that I want to see out of Frank from Kai Havertz, though, that he's never done this season yet, is play him at the nine. Because at Leverkusen, Havertz played at the nine, like, basically the majority of post-COVID, because Volland was out. And he did really good. And Havertz, believe it or not, is actually very good in the air. At least he was in the Bundesliga. I'm not saying he's Giroud. I'm not saying that. But I want to see him get a chance there. I want to see what he can do there, because... Clearly, clearly he's not meant to play in the midfield or as a 10 unless he has someone that he can literally link up with and play off of, and that's not Timo. Um, Mason, though, you know, he he does a lot of errant shit, but I don't think he has a lot of bad giveaways. He works really hard. He does the fundamentals well. You know, he's always sprinting, giving his all. And I I think unless you want to play pool sick in that 10 spot, Ziek maybe besides yeah. but now that Ziek's out though yeah, I think he's go. the best player there because you know you want Conte and Jorginho or Kovacic to hold you know that's that's what they do and you want someone else to push up yeah uh, it, it, you're right though about Frank he's he's got a job to do he's got to figure it out and uh it, I I think that take about who's going to get sacked first is definitely spot on because if we know anything about 
big Russian Roman Abramovich is that he's quick to pull the sack on anybody. Don't matter if he, I think, you know, indicative of how Mourinho was let go the second time around it, it, anybody can go. I know Mourinho's a difficult guy and Frank is, seems more of a, a yes man because he's young, but anybody can go at that club, Frank, yeah. including it. I think uh, it's going to be, I think he'll get a little bit longer of a leash because Abramovich has said when Lampard played for them that uh, he was his favorite player and is his favorite player of all time. So I think he'll get a little bit of a leash, um, but I don't think it'll be much. Uh, we'll see. And I think the thing, you brought up a really good point about Mason Mount. I think the thing that kind of irks me with him is that he consistently starts for England when he shouldn't. Yeah, so I guess I'm kind of carrying that over. Like, why fair, is Jack Grealish not starting over him? There's, yeah, I know. No Jack reason. Grealish is a better player, no doubt about it. So I don't know. There's, I think that's it. Gareth has something against some people on that team. You know, or Mount has some very incriminating photos and videos of Gareth. But maybe I, I could see it. Um, yeah, I don't know. The thing is, like, Mount's brave and he's young, and I, I always like that in a player, but. Jack is also brave and young, except he's a lot better at doing everything that he does. It, yeah. it, you know, you look at Villa, they're a counter-attacking team for the most part. They get their three points because when he gets his chance, he picks the right pass and it's on point. It's on the money. Like you saw when they played actually this week, yeah. he, Jack Grealish had one chance, one chance, picks him out. Boom. One, one. That's it. Yeah. Oh, he's, it's crazy. He's so good. He is so good. He is so good. Um, shout out to Emil Smith Rowe trying to emulate him. Cavs aren't his big kid, but you gotta love the low sock swag, uh, <laughs> especially when you put in a shift to match it. Yeah. Um, next game on the weekend, nothing to see here except the funky formation, I guess. 2 0 to City. We played a 3 3 1 3. Stones, Diesh, and Ake at the back did well in the nice pivot. Rodri holding dropping in with them for the most part. Cancel and Gunduan dropping into pockets in the midfield. I like Cancel playing a committed midfield role because he had Stones in the cover for him, and Stones played extremely well. De Bruyne did his thing. We scored two goals, didn't allow any, so good job. But same old shit, seven big chances created, five big chances missed. <laughs> We're the best, worst team ever. Um God, we need a striker so bad. We need Sergio back. Um, I mean, it was a nice goal from Gundogan, nice pass from Raheem, and then the one from Torres was a deflection from the goalie. You know, you should put that away. So, I, I don't know. And I got nothing, nothing else. Yeah, yeah. You basically uh, took all the the key points in that one so i'm gonna ask you a question right. do you think uh if aguero comes back he he's gonna be like finished or what's the deal like what do you think about that because uh he's kind of he's kind of doing well for himself playing video games on camera he so. is doing well for himself um I, you know sergio god bless him at the end of the day he's put in his time he, he's a he's a proper legend um, one of the best nines of all time in the Premier League. And uh, 
he, he helped make city what it is. He, he's helping grow the fan base. Um, Aguero is a worldwide name. And, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I met several Argentinians at my, at my tutoring job. They're all city fans because of Aguero, man. He, he's, he, he's a legend. So if he wants to stream, if he wants to move to La Liga, maybe, maybe <laughs> I could see that in the future. I don't know. I think he'd be great in La Liga. Um, whatever, bro. Up to him. At the end of the day, though, we need his replacement. We need the heir to the man's throne. I know those are massive shoes to fill. Probably even bigger shoes than David Silva's shoes to fill. Even though David Silva, I think, was a better player, Sergio is a bigger legend. Um, oof. Holland? Question mark. Rafael Leal, another guy I like. Uh, Joao Felix. Uh, I, there, there's so many youngsters out there. I think you got your replacement on the team right now. That Gabriel Jesus character. He's a he's yeah. a out and out number nine, and I think he's City really should hold on to him for the rest of the time. Jesus is an inverted winger, I think, at heart. Um, he's not a nine. Can't score. He's a decent passer. He's just a bit of a dumbass at times. And um, I don't think like a lot that. of those, it seems. Kyle Walker. Mm. Uh, Rodri yes. can be a little bit of an idiot sometimes. I don't think he's an idiot. I think he's just not good enough. I think, I think myself and... Man City and everybody in, in, in soccer was bamboozled by one good season with Simeone. And uh, hats off to Simeone on that sales job. Did good. We thought, we, we, thought we were buying for an Indino too. <laughs> we didn't. He could still um, be coming. You never know. Yeah, or like we could give the kids a chance. striker of the future, which he will be. Who? Jesus. You're never going to move on from City, City of... Pep is enamored with the guy, and rightfully yeah, so. No, we need a we need another option. Even we need another option. Um, next game on the weekend, though, this one wasn't decided till a late. Yuffie Sigurdsson 80th minute goal, zero one. Everton gets the three points. Sheffield United missed a missed a big chance late, so they could have they could have scraped a draw out of this yet again, but um. Sheffield United continue their awful run of form. Two points from 15. Everton now sitting third in the table, doing well without James. And um, in this game, they didn't have a Charleston either or Alan. So that's, you know, Ancelotti's making it happen. Your mm-hmm. thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I'm kind of feeling like bad for Sheffield at this point. Um because they do it to themselves in most of these games. Like, I think there's been three games so far this year where going into the 80th minute, they've been on pace for at least points. Maybe a win, maybe a draw, but they ended up losing all of those games. And just, it sucks. But uh, good on Everton being able to do this without your arguably three of your five best players and uh it was Sheffield they're terrible but um yeah just good job to get three points done and that miss did prove costly like you said yeah that that miss really did prove costly and um 
it's not like they're not working hard for the manager. So, you know, I do kind of feel you on feeling bad for him. But at the end of the day, you got to start picking up results. Um, I think Sheffield are destined to go down at this point in the season. I think it's too late for them. And uh, I think I'm going to officially, officially, officially ink it for them to be to go down. They're, they're crossed off for next year's Premier League. Do you agree? No, I do not agree. Uh, wow. I think I think they're going to go down. So, but I the ballsy blades they gotta. I feel like they're gonna scrape together a decent run of form, beat someone they shouldn't beat, and then just pick up some wins. But one person I will ink going down is Brighton. So yeah, there you go, Brighton. Yeah, Brighton. Wow. I know that's a little little weird inking them before the people have two points, but yeah, that is, that's uh, yeah. I already weird. said it, so I'm gonna run with it. I should have thought bold. about it a little more, but uh, no, yeah, I love the Cinderella story, and right. uh, that's what Sheffield is. Gonna all do. right, all right. Don't think that's in the cards, but God bless you. If it, hey, man, there's probably great money on Brighton to get relegated right about now. Um, Leeds United, though, was the next game on the weekend. And um, although it wasn't quite in the fashion that I expected it to be in, Marcelo Bielsa and the boys got a – I'm going to say it was a great three points because how does Burnley score their goals? Set pieces. How does Leeds concede their goals? Set pieces. Did they do that? No. So, honestly, hats off to them. Patty Bamford got it started early in the fifth minute with a penalty – Leeds, you know, they created three big chances. They still missed two. Typical shit. Rodrigo had a bit of a stinker. But um, Calvin Phillips, hats off to him. He's playing center back now, playing in the middle of a back three, and he held it down. He is uh, looking to be a commodity. Hopefully he gets his England call up soon because not only is he, I think, one of the better CDMs in in the Prem, he's also a solid center back that can fill in. He's versatile. He's got he's got four lungs, and uh, I think he's going to be a talent in the future. Maybe Man City should target him too. Ooh, that would be nice. That would be nice. Um, your thoughts on this on this astounding dub? Um, really good. Um, I'm normally a pretty pretty harsh on a Leeds, but this was a surprising. You know, this is something that I think personally they haven't really showed all year, the ability to grind out a win. Because like you said, they're they're a high-octane, high-powered team. And this was a – going into it, I think everyone would have thought it was going to be a grindy game. And I didn't think that they would fare too well. I had a draw on this one. But, um, yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised by leads here. So, but – Burnley, always a tough match. Uh, very good, very, very good three points. And uh, Burnley's run of excellent form comes to an end, I think. Well, excellent form for them. Yeah, the run of excellent form comes to an end. So, hate to see it, uh, but good on Leeds. Uh, yeah, the um, – oh, I mean, you know, we, we call this, to be honest, but uh, 
no Robbie Brady, no Dwight take flight McNeil, and no creation for, for Burnley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as long as that persists, their form being bad will also persist because uh, they, they really need those two guys to, to really be dangerous at all. Yeah. Um, next game on the weekend, West Ham 2, Brighton 2. Um, Neil Malpai opened it up early in the 44th. Um, David Moyes made some subs at the half, brought on Man- Manzini, Lanzini and Yarmolenko. Ben Johnson makes it 1-1. Lewis Dunk, with a bit of clinical finishing off a set piece, makes it 2-1 for Brighton in the 70th. But then big boy Thomas Suchek in the box yet again makes it 2-2. Um, this team, both these teams took all their big chances. Uh, they both played well. I think a draw was, was deserved in this. Um, Brighton, though. I feel like when you have big, big center backs like Byrne, Webster, and Dunk, they concede off a header late in the game like that. That, oh, that stinks. See, this is why I, I disagree with your Brighton take so bad, so much because um, I, I just don't. This is not a bad team. Like really, they they can they can play soccer, and I don't think you can say that about Sheffield United. Half the time they look outclassed. Brighton. Some some lapses in thinking, some lapses in finishing focus. That's what's costing them from being a mid-table team. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely agree. Um, but <clears throat> sorry. Uh, yeah, um, I think I saw something, and it was that Suchek has the most goals from uh, corners this year, which is kind of crazy. As a beast. Uh, because especially with all the other notable uh, aerial threats that are in the league, like, you know, the Harry Maguires, the Harry Canes, all those type of people, um, Edinson, just uh, kind of no disrespect to him, but a no-name being able to hold that crown is pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, you know, they grinded for a win. Or not for a win, my bad, a draw. Um, but I don't know. It's... Like you said, Brighton, the the mental errors, I think, are if they happen once, okay, twice, okay, three times, okay, but they just keep persisting. And it's it's week 15, just kind of, if they're still happening now as they were earlier in the year, it's kind of, I don't think it's a mistake as so much as it's just the way they operate. Um, like with Sheffield being bad. It's, I guess it's not a mistake. They're bad. They're just bad. Um, but And like we've talked about before, their finishing up front is – it leaves a lot to be desired. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mape did get on the board this game, but who knows when the next time he will. finished it first time, though. See, like stuff like that. Like uh, It just bounced back to him. That's why I got the goal. Yeah, any literally a centimeter either way and it's not like you said because yeah. it doesn't go right back to them so just things like that you do need to get lucky to stay up to win titles but you also got to get unlucky to go down uh and i don't know we've seen brighton get pretty unlucky this year with the 98th minute penalty being one of the key factors 
after the full-time whistle. But, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. I don't know. I love Potter. I think he's a great coach. But uh, this Brighton team, I think they leave a lot to be desired in, uh, in the attacking aspect of the game, mainly the end product. Yeah, definitely, definitely a lot to be desired. And uh, rumors of Tariq Lamptey leaving, um, that would also leave, I think, even more to be desired because I, I think most of their attacking quality comes from their wingbacks, as uh, sad yeah. as that is to say. Um, next game on the weekend, Secret Agent Sam, Big Sam, In Sam We Trust, Sam the God, Sam Master Flex, don't fuck with Sam. Sam's back. 1-1. Liverpool, West Bromwich, Albion. Off the kickoff, Sam employed the illustrious six right-winger tactic. Passes it back, bombs it up the field. Don't know what the point of that was, but I think it threw, it, it threw Liverpool off their mojo a little bit. Um, not really, though, because Liverpool was actually great in the first half, like absolutely immaculate. They could add three, four goals. Sadio Mane scores one, though, off a beautiful pass from Joel Matip. Didn't know that was in his in his locker, but uh, evidently it is. Goes into the half, West Brom losing. Joel Matip gets hurt in the 60th. In comes big Reese Williams. I like that guy. But... um. Now uh, this guy seems to be the giant slayer. We're, we're just going to start calling him David. Semi Ajayi, 1-1 in the 82nd. Had the equalizer against Man City as well. Uh, after the game, Sam correctly said, anybody can do what Jurgen Klopp does with that Liverpool team. But Jurgen Klopp can't do what I do with this West Brom team. The man's feeling himself. The man's never been relegated before. This is a tough ask of big sam but god damn it i believe i believe in big sam allardyce i don't think west brom is gonna go down this year it's never happened to big sam before and god God damn it west brom won't be the club it happens to him with unless he gets sacked before they go down i count i won't give it to him record record stay alive i love a good technicality um but crazy and uh, on one of the reasons why they won't go down, just just uh, absolute shithousery from the quote. Just yeah. completely calling out Klopp, calling out his million-dollar players, his world-class attackers, how they can't break down this lowly relegation side. And, uh, you know, that's definitely going to rattle Klopp because Klopp is the by far most easily rattled coach in the world, probably. Yeah, um, yeah. Sore so, loser. Very sore loser. Maybe the, the wind was blowing the wrong direction today. The weather report lied to him or something. We'll never <laughs> know. Or no, we would know because he'd tell us. But uh, great, 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 great from West Brom. Huge result. Uh, huge result for everyone else on the table as well, whether you're Arsenal, whether you're United, whether you're Sheffield, whether you're City. Doesn't matter. Liverpool dropping points. West Brom taking points. They shouldn't have. Uh, just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Crazy, crazy. But uh, really good. Really good from West Brom. Pereira is a good player. I uh, like him a lot. Yeah. He's a, he's a very good player. Um, 
What, what's even crazier, though, about this game and what really impressed me about big Sam Allardyce and the job that I think he's going to do there, uh, under Billich and how this team came up, you know, they played they played football, man. They, they went at you. They, they possessed the ball. They, they wanted to try and score goals at least. Within three days, two training sessions, probably not at which full go because, you know, lots of games. You can't tire out the boys. This man has turned this formerly pretty playing team into a defensive juggernaut, well-organized enough to get a draw against Liverpool in three days. Three days. That is, that is impressive. Mourinho, Mourinho would be, be highly impressed with that. He'll say it's the game of the year. Yeah, yeah. I'm May. He'll say it and say it was a masterclass, one of the best games he's ever seen. <laughs> Something like that as West Brom finished 15th. Next week, next week we see a six winger set up from Spurs. Just bang it up to Kane. But uh, speaking of Spurs and Mourinho, another drop points, disappointing result for the Spurs. Uh, Tangai Umdombele. Wonderful driving run in the first minute, scores. He, he's really good. I, I like him a lot. And um, goes into the half, 1-0. Uh, Spurs just try and basically sit in and, and defend Wolves for the rest of the game. And uh, I got news for you, buddy, Jose. Uh, Eric Dyer and the bunch you call center backs over in Tottenheim. They are not as good as the Chelsea boys that you had back in the day. So one goal is not enough to kill these games, especially against Wolves at home. Uh, They're a good team. Um, Spurs, you know, we talked about that passes per defensive uh, action. Spurs all the way up at 16. Wolves all the way down at six. They took the game to Spurs. Spurs was inept in trying to win the ball back. They created zero big chances on the game. And uh, something I got to call out Jose for, why Uh-oh. can't Tangai what? No, no. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Excited. Why can't Tangai in Dubai finish a game? He's, he's good. He's a good player. It seems like he contributes to a goal every other game. And um, he makes driving runs forward. He's clearly fit enough to play 90 minutes. And uh, I'm sick of Musa Suzoko, Deli Ali. I'm sick of them coming in for him and Harry Winks' bum ass staying on the field. It makes no sense, and I'm sick of it. Your thoughts? Um, I disagree with the Harry Winks being a bum ass statement. I think he's really good. Um, I agree, however, with the Ndombele coming off because – it does seem like a lot of the good that Spurs do, not named Kane and Son, is 95% in Dumbley. So um, Spurs are definitely, without a doubt, a better team with him on the field. But, uh, you know, Mourinho has his tactics. He has his plans. He has things that he will stick to his guns, no matter how wrong they may be. But, um, yeah, disappointing results for Spurs, allowing a near-post header. Great header by Roman. Uh, just running in near post run, cutting across goal. Lloris couldn't do anything about it and uh, was good enough for a point in this one. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, Spurs are, dare we say, what we have said, uh, Spursing. They're Spursing. Yes, and they are Spursing. It's always a beautiful sight. It's kind of sad with Mourinho. But uh, yeah, and Dumble is going to be a really, really good player. Uh, he already is a really, really good player, but he could be even better. You know, I may get may get some hate from you on this. I don't know, but I'm bracing for it, and I'm ready for it. He is going to be the next Pogba for France. He's going to uh, sure. I I really I really like him. Yeah, I don't same know. Same type I, of impact. I I really I really enjoy him as a player. That's why. See, if you said that about Harry Winks, I'd be like, no, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. You you're crazy, but. He said it about a guy like this. No, I, I, yeah, cool. <laughs> Harry Winks is good though. He's no. he's a good good player. He he is very good, solid, good with the ball, quick thinks, very quick thinker. Uh, he is an asset to any team who he is on. Yeah, uh, no, I I don't really think he adds much of anything. He's not an overly Physical player. He's well-positioned, I guess. He is quick on the ball, press-resistant. But uh, no, he, he, he is not the man to do that job, especially when I feel like you have a bunch more talented players on that roster, especially when Tengai doesn't play 90 minutes, and he does. That's – no, no, no. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy, man. They they were wrapping up their presence and they were at top of the table. Now they're in a Europa League spot after they opened up. It is uh life comes at you fast. Yeah, a little too fast sometimes. Speaking of people who are a little too fast, that is exactly what Wilfred Zaha was for the for the uh Leicester backline, open up the scoring in the fifty-eighth minute. But uh, earlier in the game Ihan Nacho, you know, no Vardy. He was resting. He um, he didn't come in until the 65th. He uh, got his penalty saved. It looked like he had a spasm on his second step. It was, I don't get why people do this. Like, if you're going to do a hop, <laughs> skip, and a jump, be smooth with it. If not, just strike it hard and strike it true. Nobody can get mad at you if they save it unless you sky it. But uh, usually that's the way I'd go with it, and uh, he did not do that. Got it saved. Harvey Barnes able to rescue the game. Beautiful goal by him. Absolutely beautiful. Running across the top of the box, slots it in the corner. Um, a good point for Leicester, considering that they didn't have Vardy for the majority of the game. Um, maybe Harvey, Varn, Harvey Barnes up top was the answer instead of Ihanacho. Uh Ihanacho had an XG of around 1.2 for the game. And obviously, he did not score any. So, blame it on him. Blame it on that guy. Uh, good job by Lester, though, for, for rescuing the point despite that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, drop points at the top of the table is kind of becoming a theme over the last couple of seasons. I mean, if second place or first place is there, it kind of seems like nobody wants to be in that position because it's too much pressure or something. I don't know. Uh but speaking about the penalty, oh, the spasm, I 100% agree with you. Uh, it's If you're not that type of player, if you're not like, you know, Bruno, for example, who 
lives on it and it works and he does it right almost every time he steps up. He didn't miss a penalty for five years. Just fucking kick it. Like you're five feet away. You're not five feet away. You're you're a good bit away, but you're one on one. Like you wouldn't jump on a one on one running at the keeper. No. Like you have all it's all you. Like the odds are in your favor. But um there's a player, Lyle Taylor, who actually walks. He starts outside and literally just walks. Like he's walking down the street and then just blasts it. It's the coolest thing ever. It's real it's like really in your face. It's kind you of see awesome. that. They need to put in FIFA. It's Lyle Taylor for Ooh, uh That would be mine. I would be my pen run up. It is it's awesome. It's awesome. He uh it's so cool. That's all I can say about it. But I would definitely recommend you watch it. Yeah, uh, I definitely will check that out. Yeah, but great, great drop of points from uh, my perspective. You know, for the top of the table at being so tight, everyone dropping. Uh, Harvey Barnes, it's two and two for him. Uh, so I guess that's a little bright spot for Lester. Um, and again, I think Brendan Rodgers knows this because everyone knows it, but. Uh, they're better with Vardy on the field, mm-hmm. like no doubt about it. So kind of sucks for Vardy as he, I would assume today was, or not today, but when they played was because uh, Rodgers wanted to give him a little bit of a break, but it doesn't look like Vardy will be allowed to take many of those with the way that Iannaccio played. Uh, but yeah, very, very good comeback from uh, Leicester and Palace just, continues to you know drop drop points and that's, that's something else you got to see what happens to them for the next game on the weekend a uh disappointing result for fat frank and his men but a uh, good result for our wallets uh chelsea won aston villa won olivier Giroud off a headed goal from the suggested lineup that we gave in the last episode of adoy pool six Giroud. what do you know they finally score a header and um, but later in the game, Matty Cash, who's been a beast for Villa, cut back to El Ghazi, top bins, absolute wonder goal. It was it was beautiful. Um, bad skid of results for Chelsea. Good bit of form for Villa. Your thoughts on uh on this draw? Yeah, uh, huge for the top of the table because uh, both teams involved are looking at it. Um, and this is a result from Villa that if they can keep it going, obviously they have um, United next, that they could be a serious team in contention for Europe. Whether top four may be a little bit of a stretch, we don't know, but definitely Europa League, if they can keep uh, stringing results like this together, beating teams that people don't really think they should beat. Um, so that's really good on their part. But for the game, Chelsea kind of uh, – you know, they didn't, they had a lot of the ball, but they didn't really do much. Only one chance created in the game, and it was, or one big chance, but it was missed. And uh, Villa created a big chance and didn't miss it. So that's the difference in the game right there. But um, Chelsea, it's not looking good for them, to be honest. Uh, they really can't find any sort of rhythm. Uh, the big money signings not playing well at all. And, that, of course, is definitely not helping out the team. Uh, and then just I think the fact that Frank keeps switching up this front three uh, and a little bit of the midfield kind of hurts. 
they need to find a consistent lineup and run with it for a little bit and see if they can find some better form, in my opinion. But great from Villa. Uh, Chelsea continues to skid, but Villa are looking mighty and high right now coming on to one of the bigger games of the year for them so far on Friday. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree that both the big money signings, at least that are healthy, are not uh, not doing their part thus far. Um, I would like to see Frank try Kai at, at a number nine more because he played it in Leverkusen when Vallon was out. He played it very well in Leverkusen, led them to getting back into a Europa League spot, narrowly lost out to Gladbach on the last day of matches. So what are you going to do? But mm-hmm. um, uh, considering Giroud, he, he's still good. He's still productive, but he is 34 years old, a.k.a. old as dirt. So um, you got to you gotta try and inject that, that big money youth into there. But um, crazy, crazy enough, though, as the table stands right now, um, Chelsea, who spent 200-plus great British pounds in the summer, are only six points selling separated from relegation fodder arsenal um it's not looking good on either side of london arsenal it's turning up a bit but uh still still not to be desired in that side of town yeah london's down bad yeah chelsea tottenham i guess villa's villa's doing all right they're carrying it's all about uh maryside and manchester to be honest yeah a little bit of the west midlands with leicester yeah gotta, gotta love it Hey, wait, Villa is, is London, right? Yeah, they're, they're carrying right, so, it. And they're yeah, carrying they're the in that five, six, seven range. But um, speaking of Maryside and Manchester, um, this game got canceled, Everton and Manchester City, because uh, you were right about this. 18, 18 heads tested positive for coronavirus among <laughs> staff and players. This is now confirmed by the FA. Um, oh, my Wow. This has this game got canceled, and it's not the only one to get canceled. We are recording now after some technical difficulties with the first part of the podcast. We're recording on the thirtieth, and Tottenham versus Fulham has been canceled as well due to a coronavirus outbreak in the the cottages camp. Um, you you would have to think it's hard to social distance when everybody's inside of a cottage, but um, haha. Uh, the the bigger story is that uh, many media outlets are reporting that the FA really has no um, plan or contingency for a coronavirus outbreak, given that there is a new strain being reported. Cases are on the rise worldwide, and uh, we see this problem in every league in America. So you can only assume that you know there's going to be positive tests, and it's going to be something that thing you know. Uh, it's going to happen, but the FA, it seems, have not built this into their schedule. They don't have a plan for it, really. Um, your your thoughts on the on the matter as a whole? What what should be done? What could be done better? Um, I think uh, step one probably is just to remove all fans again. Make sure that the players don't have any unnecessary exposure. Managers have no unnecessary exposure, and also. Um, with the city thing, I think if they don't want to take a two-week break and let everyone quarantine, they have to bring the hammer down and prove that their protocol rules need to be followed. Because if 
city, let's say, I don't know how they got it, if they broke protocol, but 18 people is a lot. Uh, and if they can prove and they don't do anything that after they found out that they did it, teams aren't going to take them seriously. But let's say City did break protocol and they forfeit a cup tie like Leighton Orient did against Tottenham or their deducted points, then teams will uh, start to follow the rules more seriously. I don't know. It's English FA. They don't really know what they're doing either. So, uh, but I think at the moment it's kind of okay to keep going because Newcastle had an outbreak and they were fine a week later. They just didn't play without those players, but 18 people is a lot. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but I think everything should be fine. They'll, they'll just get rid of fans or they should get rid of fans. Liverpool just went into tier three. So no fans for the Liverpool United matchup in a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, so we'll see how they play it. That is big news. No fans for Liverpool United. But um, the, the, the thing is, you know, it, it could be, I don't, I don't know what happened. It could be that, you know, they were breaking protocol and they weren't being responsible. But I, I, I'd like to, to give them the benefit of the doubt. And, and like Ralph Hasenhutl, for example, um, I know he's not a player, you know, not young, a lot of money, but he, he his someone in his household, either his wife or his child had it. And that's why he couldn't be at the game. A lot of these footballers have, you know, family with them, sometimes even extended family, mom and dad living with them. You know how they do mm-hmm. if it's from a country far, far away yeah. in, in, in South America. You know, they, they, sometimes they move the whole fam out there with them. And that's that's one footballer and then like several other people living life, still having to go to school or whatever. Maybe it's virtual. I have no idea, but it, it's it's hard to prevent these things. I I would maybe suggest... I don't know what the roster rules are, maybe allowing for, for more active players on the senior roster. You'd have more reserves. Um, as long as you can field an 11, I think you should. Maybe that would hurt some teams, especially the lower tier clubs who don't have deep reserves. Um, but given that, you know, it's already a congested fixture list, you know, we got cup ties, Champions League is coming back in February. Europa League, all that stuff. It's at a certain point. If you don't want to take a break, it, like it, you, you have to, you have to just play the games. If that's if that's your mo, you know, you got the the TV deals to worry about, as we saw with the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think as long as you can, you should. I don't know the extent of the situation with Fulham, Tottenham. So, uh, let's let's see what the FA does. Yeah. And it's all in their hands now. It is all in their hands now. It's uh, it's also kind of funny I, I, uh, how you said uh, give City the benefit of the doubt when they kind of have done everything in the past. Like, not everything. No, like yeah, you're totally players. right. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle Maybe Walker, we've lost that. You know? Maybe we've lost that. But, no, you I, see I, me I, in my full City regalia. I, I could be. A little bit biased. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. Kyle Walker and Phil Foden are both staples of how to be an asshole in the in these trying times for everybody. But um, yeah. Uh, hey, if that happens to be the case, I'm saying it right here, right now. Dock us the points. Give the three to Everton. We they they deserve it. We don't. Um, yeah. 
they probably would have got points that week. What do you think? Do you think that the city were going to lose against Everton or draw? I thought it could have been a close game. It really could have gone either way. It's a game I was nervous about, but um, you know, obviously, you know, this isn't going to happen every week. It doesn't happen every week. Oh. If City brings their shooting boots to a match, then we're unplayable. Nobody, nobody can play with us. It's just we don't bring our shooting boots fairly yeah. ever. So you know, <laughs> if we, if we, that's the thing, we can play bad, and Everton on their best day could get like a one 0 or two one. Like they they would never thoroughly beat us. If we play our best, it's a smackdown of epic proportions. So, you know, it, it's a little nervous. But um, who else was a little nervous? Uh, I think Mikel Arteta was a little nervous, itching out his itching out his collar until he finally brought on Lacazette to secure the win in this one nil. I'm gonna be honest, this was a shit show. Um. The standard of soccer in this game was not up to Premier League standard, in my opinion. Both teams often were lackadaisical without the ball, not clinical with the ball. And um, I, I just, I was disappointed watching this game in Arsenal. I thought that Mikel made the right decision for the most part to start Smith Rowe, Saka, and Martinelli again, bringing Alabama Yang back in the side, probably a mistake. But, um, I expected more after a good result versus Chelsea. I was so confident I bet the money line straight up, and I was extremely nervous watching this game because it was just not – it was not impressive. Burn Leno, or should we call him Leno Dino, with the move he tried to pull, completely almost boofed it. would have been 1-1. That would have been something else. But uh, it turns out that you need Jaka, Saka, and Laka score goals if not all three are present then i don't know how arsenal works uh good three points maybe i'm a hater still not impressed your thoughts oh yeah this was uh not a not a good game it was super gross um and honestly it was exactly what it looked like going into two sides fighting to avoid relegation one scrapes out a Garbage win. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge three points for Arsenal. Um, didn't play like they deserved it, but to their credit, uh, neither did Brighton. If both teams could have lost, that probably would have been the most fair outcome. But uh, yeah, no, Arsenal were the better of the worse on this day. And that's, that's about it. It was just, it was ugly. So, no, yeah, definitely was ugly. Um, what do you think about my Alabama Yang take? Is he is he better left out at this point? Because uh, I don't really see what he adds to the team. I don't know. I think he is too expensive, and he's too expensive to give up on. I know he's like I say that like he's a young kid, but um, in the season he's like four hundred k a week is that's money. And they're just gonna let him rot on the bench. They already do that with Ozil. So you have close to a million dollars a week if you bench lock or uh, a Bamiang just not doing anything. Uh, they should give the kids more goes, but like Balu Gun, a young American international or dual U.S. England international for uh, Arsenal. I feel like someone like him should be on the bench more 
and let Aubameyang go like 55, 60 minutes and then bring him on or the other way around, like let him go a half and then bring Aubameyang on for a half. Just try and light a fire under your premier player because he's not cutting it and Arsenal definitely need help up top. Just getting lucky and worldies isn't going to cut it for too long. No, no Lacazette though. Not even, not even going to mention him three and three. No, no, no. Um, I mean, he's on a good run of form. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, it's a goal's a goal. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he's just right now, just, He's definitely the best. Oh yeah, right now the best option. Yeah, true. But and if that's the case, I would at the moment like game tomorrow, I start Lacazette over Aubameyang at the nine. But yeah, because he came on, they scored. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. He, I don't know. But um, what I do know is that Sheffield United are historically bad at soccer. This is another awful performance from these guys. Uh, they got Burnley. It, it happens to the best of us at times. Um, ben Mee nabs a header in the first in the in the thirty second minute. Um, going to halftime one nil. Brighton proceed to sit back. Brighton. Uh, they they created two b- big chances, missed two. That was within like the first thirty minutes of the game. After that, it was all Sheffield United trying to take it to them, and Brighton just sitting deep making block shots, making saves. And, um, oof, it was, uh, it was disappointing that, uh, Sheffield just, again, nothing to come home from in a game that, you know, if you're Sheffield United, you look at the schedule and we're like, you're like, we have to at least get a point from this. And, uh, again, Wilder and his men go home empty handed. Yeah. Um, classic Burnley game. Uh, just nick a goal in the first half and then everyone behind the ball at all times until the last whistle um, worked to perfection the 1-0 much needed uh, Sheffield are down bad and it's not not looking too good uh, I don't even like I don't even know like what's the problem with Sheffield is just one player like yeah albeit he was probably your best player last season in Henderson but one player leaving is that really everything like is it that much cause for problem that you don't have I don't know it's they're they're, they got to start doing something like a little fire under them to get them going but it's not looking good right now uh not looking good not at all yeah they really um they really lackluster up top defensively you know they're still all right not one of the not one of the worst units in the premier league but they uh behind burnley is is the only team close to them they've scored eight burnley scored nine all season so that's a goal every other game not gonna cut it um Next game on the weekend, a little disappointed in this, but it was a, it was a tight game. Both teams played hard and both teams, I think are happy with a draw after the way it it shook out zero, zero West Ham, Southampton. Um, 
both teams hadn't missed exactly one big chance. Um, for, for the majority of the game, Southampton, of course, had the ball and went at West Ham, but it's not like they had too many real dangerous chances. It's not like they had runners going in behind, like, uh, like we saw in Wolves versus United. You saw Rashford getting in behind every three minutes, basically. This was not the case. No real big chance to speak of. Just a good defensive outing from both teams in my book. Southampton, uh, yeah, just good good defense on both sides. Uh, West Ham also played really well defensively. Um, you know, West Ham kind of, they've been grinding out results whenever they get them, it kind of feels like, and it all comes from, so like when they do win and they win uh, games that there is a standout player, but when they're getting draws and barely scraping by a win, it's kind of like the whole team is playing well as a unit. You, you don't really look at a, there isn't like that individual standout, but there is sometimes, but as a whole, when they win or when they get a good result, no one plays bad. They all kind of are able to get it done together. But on the other hand, with Southampton, I feel like it's kind of the opposite. They, uh, they rely a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot on Che Adams and Danny Ings to be basically their only source of goals outside of World, uh, Ward Prowse on a free kick. So I think if, like if someone were to have a bad game on West Ham, it wouldn't, uh, it would affect them less than it would if, you know, Che Adams were to have a bad game like he did uh, for Southampton. So I think uh, just a good defensive battle between these two, though, in the end, and a share of the spoils was the uh, correct or rightful decision, I think. Yeah, and um, I, I think, well, you said uh, Danny Ings and Shams, I'm not playing well. It's a huge deal for Southampton. But um, on the flip side, Mikel Antonio being injured for West Ham has been a real – real yeah. real nagging mm-hmm. uh it, it's it's just been real bad for them they haven't been able to score nearly as many goals with him in the side they're actually very dangerous on the counter he holds up play well and uh he's he's pretty clinical in front of that and yeah although Haller can do something cool every like 270 minutes um he is just not he's not a number nine not a number nine um, but who who does look like? Nah, actually, now nah, this team actually needs a new number nine as well. But this time, they 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 played very very well. Leeds United five, West Bromwich Albion, Big Sam zero. Um, Big Sam takes from the rich and he gives to the newly promoted. Uh, this was absolute domination from Leeds United. Um. Unlucky own goal to start the scoring. Alioski makes it 2-0 in the 31st with a banger. Jack Harrison, 3-0 in the 36th. Pretty nice goal. Rodrigo, 4-0. It's halftime. Stop it. Stop the bleeding. Matthews Klitsch goes down with a knock, so that could be unfortunate. But Jamie Shackleton comes in and does more than well enough. Rafinha gets his goal at the end in the 72nd. Um... Sitting off of Leeds did not work. 
especially because up until like it got it was too late already it was already three no by the time they really tried to adventure out on attack for West Brom so mm-hmm. it didn't work at all Marcelo and Leeds proving me right yet again just loving to believe in them they are up there in the most goals scored in the Premier League also up there in the most goals conceded in the Premier League 30 and 30 um wow you just <laughs> I just love watching them at the end of the day uh I hope you never change leads your thoughts um yeah um one two important things for leads I think uh the first was Klitsch or Click. He uh he got hurt, right? Yes. So that he's a big, big player for Leeds, and um hopefully for their sake he's not out for too long. because uh, he's pretty instrumental to them. And another thing on the Leeds side was everyone on Leeds graded above a seven. Everyone. Everyone. I can even go as high as saying a seven one. Except for Patrick Bamford in a five nothing game, their striker was a non factor, an absolute non factor. Uh, yeah, he had an assist, but those were kind of selling like hotcakes in this game. Uh, but just kind of like you said, they definitely need a new number nine if they want to. They they score a lot of goals, and imagine if they had a striker who was not him. Yeah, I saw something that was like, who's been the most underrated new signing in the Premier League this year? And I don't remember the fourth person, but three of the options were Patrick Bamford, Matty Cash, um, Ollie Watkins, and I think the other one might have been uh, Ben Rama, right? Four, mm-hmm. four guys we obviously talked about going into the season. Yeah. And... Bamford just clearly does not deserve to be on that list. I'll still give I'll still give Watkins benefit of the doubt just because he hits posts so damn much. You know, if you're getting that close, I think you still got some doubt. Bamford has a lot of goals. His conversion rate is trash, um, and they uh, they could be so much better. They really, really could be so much better if they had someone in the low twenties. If that's someone in the low twenties for conversion rate, they're scoring like forty something goals. It's mm. crazy. Yeah, and and West Brom played like caca. Absolute dick. Yeah, they played so bad. Everyone, everyone, mm-hmm. just yeah. That's it. I don't want to rip them too hard because they they already got ripped by Leeds. So yeah, some, some other losers though. I didn't think these losers played bad though. Wolves versus United, decided by Marcus Rashford deflection. In the 93rd minute of the game, um, Wolves, I feel like, are very hard done by this result. They defended their asses off for 90 minutes. Uh, they had people going down. You saw um, Hoover. He was, he, was, he was dead at the end of the game. They were out of subs. It was, they weren't out of subs. They only used two, but I, maybe they're out of depth. It's, uh, wow, Un- unlucky, but... Good result from United. They were they were going at them until the until the very depth death, and that's why they walk out with the three points. Yeah, um, I think the two men of the match in this one for me were 
Rui Patricio and De Gea. Uh, both of them were called upon to make some really, really tough and really, really good saves in this game. Uh, Patricio got unlucky with the deflection at the end, but what are you going to do? wasn't his fault. Uh, he deserved a clean sheet. His save on Bruno in the uh, beginning of the second half was crazy and absolutely deserving of a clean sheet, but he couldn't get one. Uh, and Bruno Fernandez, you, you just you can't beat him. You can't. He played his worst game in a Manchester United shirt ever. Uh, Wolves had a really good tactic to beat up every as soon as he got the ball closed down by multiple people. Um, but he still gets a stat, still got his assist, the game winning assist. Uh, that was the only pass he attempted or only pass he completed into the final third that game. And uh, he couldn't have picked a better time to do it. So uh, good job United on winning when you played not good, but Wolves definitely should feel a uh, hard done on this, but you know, what are you going to do? All these tricky reds are coming at you full speed. Not much anyone can do. Not much anyone can do. Um, really, really, uh, it's it's kind of amazing how well they're doing, considering the the heat that was on them. Uh, you know, Man United game in hand. If Liverpool, if Liverpool lose today, and United would win their game in hand, they would be first in the whole of the Premier League. Wow. Absolutely wow. Um, crazy stuff. The Champagne Reds. Champagne Reds. Um, and then right now we're recording, and we have Newcastle versus Liverpool. It's 0-0. Quick, what is your pick for this game? Uh, Liverpool. Uh, yeah, Liverpool by... By a good bit. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna say Liverpool by not a good bit. I'm gonna oh, go okay. goal and a half cover for Newcastle, so they can lose one nil, two one, three two. They just need to lose by one goal, or 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 do better than that even. Mm-hmm. Um, right now it's zero zero. A yellow card has been dished out to Kieran Clark. Twelfth minute. Let's see how it goes. Um, but that, that is, that, those are the games that happen wild table right now. And, uh, after today, after today's games, those are going to be the last games of the premier league for 2020. We are on to 2021. And in theme with that, we are going to pick a premier league team of the year. All right. Um, Woo woo gang gang. You want to start it off with who you have between the sticks for your EPL team of the year? Yes, I would. Um, so contrary to belief of most people who listen to us, it is not a United player who I have in net, even though it could very well have been with two options, beautiful option, De Gea and Dean Henderson, both beautiful keepers. But my guy, is going to be Emiliano Martinez uh, on Villa. He played really well in the post-COVID little summer summer soccer session that the Premier League had going on. Carried Arsenal to that uh, 
to that finish they had where they played well. And since moving to Villa, I mean, all you got to do is look at the two teams in the standing. One's fighting relegation. The other one's fighting for top four. And he's been – he's he's ne- hasn't played bad. He, or he's played really well, and you rarely see him play bad since he's been at Villa. Um, the legendary quote, I left Arsenal to come to Aston Villa to uh, go to a bigger club. So he wow. wasn't wrong. It wasn't wrong. But, uh, yeah, Emiliano Martinez, congratulations. You're in it. I like the pick. He definitely came on towards the latter half of last year. And really this week highlights how good he is. You know, they went down a man, made us a couple eye-popping saves in that 3-0 win that they got despite being down. So good pick. I, uh, I like it. A little bit off the cuff, but I, uh, I appreciate it. Um, my goalkeeper, though. Co-Golden Glove winner, Nick Pope, in between the sticks for Burnley. Um, 6-7, freaking nature. Um, When you have a team as bad as Burnley and you're keeping as many clean sheets with Man City, uh, your defense and you, mainly you, in between the sticks, you're the reason why that team stayed up, why they finished where they they finished, why uh, Sean Dyche is still able to do something with a whole lot of nothing. He's got Dwight McNeil. He's got Robbie Brady. He's got Tarkovsky and me in the in between them, and then he's got the the creme de la creme, Nick Pope, and uh, he's my goalkeeper for the year. I like it. I like it. For um for my center back tandem though, one picks itself as we all know. Mm-hmm. Virgil Van Dyke. Um, you're seeing that Liverpool is just not the same without him. They're still very good. Don't get me wrong, but they are not the dominant defensive stalwart that uh, they were with with him at the back. So he he is my one center back. And uh, right next to him, I'm going to go with a youngster. Made a little of a of a oopsie this weekend, getting himself a red card. But he since uh, 2020 has started, he's gotten his first England call up. He's um, kept Aston Villa up. He's uh, part of Aston Villa fighting for the spot that they're fighting for right now. So I'm going with Tyrone Mings, big athletic center back, young. And I think he is, uh, he's the future of the England backline. He is in my team of the year. I like it. I like it. Um, obviously, we both uh, have uh, Virgil in there because uh, I think, no no explanation needed but uh my second guy uh i'm going to go with calgar soyunchik on lester he had big shoes to fill about 80 million dollar shoes uh with harry Maguire leaving to manchester united and he filled them uh he filled them perfectly just hadn't put a foot wrong and at the end of the restart last year he did get a red card which in my opinion, was probably missing those three games was the reason Leicester uh, was not able to qualify for the Champions League. So just, he's been really, really good. He's played better than the guy he's uh, replacing, I think. Although Harry Maguire is one of my, uh, like, back, like the second pairing, he's in it. But uh, he wasn't close to Soyuncic in this, and I think... Uh, 
that, yeah, uh, he just deserves it. He's played really well since that became his home. Yes, he has been playing very well, definitely doing better than McGuire while he was there. Um, certainly looking to prove Lester to be sly, sly negotiators, especially when it comes to selling the big six. Absolutely fleeced y'all. Yeah, and so, they fleeced hey, Chelsea. You this guy? They fleeced Chelsea? Uh, no, I'm not going to say that because I like Ben Chilwell a lot. I think he's a good player. Not worth 50. He's a really good player. 50 mil for a consistent starting left back in the Premier League. I think he's he's their best fullback on the team. I think that's that's true. Um, I, he's better than Reese James. No, he's not. Yeah, no, he's, he's not. definitely better than Reese James. No, uh, Reese James, dude. Reese James is the one making the boosts at the back. It, it, Ben's fine. Ben Ben is solid back there, and Ben can score a goal. He can bang in across. He's good on and off the ball. Works hard. He's I. I think you disrespect Ben right here. I'd pay fifty million for Reese James. I wouldn't pay fifty million for Ben Chilwell. Look, man, when we both have football manager, we will we will see how these respective Watch. these respective minds and moves play out. We'll see. Um, we will see. I don't know. I harsh, harsh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, onto the fullbacks. You, you you should go first. Yeah, um, I'll start off with the left back. A, uh, another Liverpool player, the best left back in the world probably, uh, Andy Robertson, the Scot. He is just – he's the best in the world. He's great going forward. He's great at the back, um, and he has four lungs. He never stops running. And he's such an important part to this Liverpool team. Whereas him and Trent are a great duo going forward, but unlike Trent, he does, uh, and he does hold it down at the back. So to get a fullback who can do both is uh, something that's kind of hard to come by, especially when they can do both at such a high and elite level. So that's why he's going to be my left back. And uh, my right back, it's not Trent. I went for the other side of things. I'm going with Aaron Juan Bisaka, um, the best, probably the most talented defender in the league, I'd say. Definitely up there. Um, just a natural defender. He locks up most wingers, most stars that come up against him with ease. And he's been a very, very important part to United's renaissance at the back, you could say. And uh, I know he's not as good going forward as Trent is, but he's better going forward than Trent is at defense. And uh, I think that was kind of the big thing for me because they're both elite at one side, but one is better than the other on the other. Yeah, I uh, I think the Robinson, Robertson pick is a, is a no-brainer. He's my left back as well. Best left back in the Premier League. Probably the best left back in the world. Um, leading Scotland along with Scott McTominay and to uh, to a Euro uh, appearance. So that's always that's always a great thing to do. But for my right back, I'm not going Trent. And I'm also not going Aaron Wan-Bissaka, although he is stout defensively. And uh, Raheem Sterling knows this. I will admit that. But um, my right back is going to be Manchester City's own Joao Cancelo. Um, I think... Contrary to popular belief, he is the best attacking right back in the Premier League. 
he may not always play on the right side, but he does play enough there. And I think his versatility with both feet is what sets him apart as an attacker. He can cut in, he can overlap, he can put balls in, he can finish the ball on, the, on his inside foot, which is really an overall threat. And he is solid at the back. Maybe Pep doesn't want him sitting back as much, but um, I, maybe this wasn't too much of 2020 bit out of context, but anybody who can start for Juventus consistently obviously knows something about defending. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Joao as, as my right back. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I wish he could start more consistently over Kyle, but I don't know. I don't know. But um, on my midfield three, doing one holding, two attacking. My holding midfielder is the Brazilian workhorse who is dueled up as a uh, as a center back this season. He he's really a rock at the back. He's really versatile, and when he's in the middle of the pitch in his home, he does not stop running. He is winning the ball back all over the place. Always trying to be aggressive, play it upfield. I'm talking about Fabinho, the bald Brazilian bastard. Um, I, I just love him as a player. He's, uh, I think he's the best holding mid in the Premier League. Honorable mention, Wilf and Didi, but he, he has been injured for half of the year. So you miss out, kid. You miss out. Um, nobody on City t- in that position even sniffing it. But someone on City is definitely locked into an attacking midfield spot. Kevin De Bruyne next to him. His guy, Bruno Fernandes. Um, the two most creative players in the Premier League by the stats and by the eye test. No one has more chances created than the two of them. Um, so I, I think those two picked themselves as well. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, um, definitely uh, in agreement with the Bruno and the Bryant thing. The two best attacking midfielders in the world. So they're obviously going to make uh, this team of the year and rightfully so. My, I am changing it up with the holding midfielder a little bit. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that is a, a very important piece to his team and is very coveted by uh, the big six clubs, Declan Rice. Um, he's kind of the jack-of-all-trades guy uh, in this midfield. He can defend really well. He can hit a long shot. He can play any pass you want him to do. He's a high-motor guy. Really, really young, and he is the man in the engine room for this West Ham team who is prone to overperforming, I would say. Um, They always pop up and get a good result when they need to or when you least expect them to. So, um, yeah, he's he's in here. Uh, It was tight between him and my guy, my favorite player, second favorite player, Fred. Um, but I know how that makes some people feel, uh, but, uh, Declan Rice. Yeah. Uh, he's in here for me and he's going to sit behind those two midfield maestros and get it done for him. Yeah. Declan Rice. That's a great pick, big, strong, wide, young, got a, got only good things ahead of him. Every time we talk about West Ham picking up a result, part of it is because Suchek and Rice are just doing an absolute job putting a ship in the midfield. And that's, that's important for what they do. And it, it's, it's actually lacking in many of the big six clubs, believe it or not. But, yeah. Uh, 
We'll see. We'll see who gets his signature. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he'll pull the, the the Jack Grealish route. Stay with stay with the the Boyhood Club for another season or two. Yeah, um, United. Yeah, then uh, we all know it's 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 happening eventually. We know. Um, but uh, I, I like that. I like that. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you give me who is leading the line for your team of the year? All right, so I'll start off with uh, the wingers. The guy we just mentioned, Jack Grealish, slots in at left wing. We said Bruno Fernandez and Kevin De Bruyne uh, created the most chances in the league in 2020. Well, guess who's right behind him? It's Jack Grealish. Um, Crazy. He is so, so, so important to this Villa team. Without him, they're in a relegation relegation scrap. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And uh, like I said, he is... He's coming to United. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And that's a, he's going to get his move to a big club. He should start every game for England and just has been insane this year. And since the start of this season has seemingly picked it up to another gear. And uh, just you can't say enough good things about this guy, what he does, draws fouls, all that stuff. He's a top, top player. On the other side, um, I'm going to go with the royalty of the Premier League. Um, He feeds his teammates and he feeds kids. Marcus Rashford, MBE, Sir Marcus. uh, He's been insane. I know uh, know this, like, no Sun, no Mane, no Salah, all that jazz. Throw it out the window because... There's only one guy who plays left wing in the world that has more goals and assists than Rashford does in 2020. And he is the best player of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, And he doesn't even really play left wing. So you know what that means? Who's number one? Sir Marcus. Uh, Just, he's a beast, still super young. (sighs) It's going to be scary for him. He's going to break a lot of records. Second best U23 player in the world with Kylian Mbappe. So... It's going to be scary. See, um, I'm not – I like your picks. I really like Jack Grealish, to be honest. Marcus is a good player as well. Um, I'm, I'm not going to – I'm, I'm going to take that jazz. I'm going to bring it back in the window because um, Liverpool, for the whole calendar year of 2020, actually, have been in first place in the Premier League the whole year, all 365 days of it. Every single one of them. You can check. You can Google it. They've oh, yeah. been on top of the Premier League. And I, 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 I do not like Liverpool as a club. I want them to lose. I want to beat them. But I would be remiss in leaving out the two most potent attackers in the Premier League, maybe in all of Europe, part of the best front three in the world right now. Um, and and that's 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 Mane and Salah. I, I really have to put them on there. Mane is currently shining another golden boot. He just wants to chase it. Um, Mane, you know, his stats have dipped a bit this season, but I actually think he is the better of the two. Personally, I think he's clinical as hell. I think he, his runs in behind and the work he does when they don't have the ball is is absolutely central to how Liverpool play, what they do, and why they're able to just 
dominate and bamboozle teams on a weekly basis almost, um, except if it's Big Sam, of course. So Mane and Salah get the nod at winger for me. Uh, yeah, I guess like if you want to be a be a Liverpool uh, supporter, I guess that's cool. But uh, yeah, no, I mean the proof is in the pudding. Rashford is has more stats, seven years younger, in the year twenty twenty, and uh, also the fact that there are multiple other Liverpool players on this list just tells me they need to be in an all-star team to do something good. So that's why uh, I left well, these two out. Well, I, I'd say be, it, it's the team of the year, right? And the yeah. best team of the year was Liverpool. So I, I think it would make sense that they actually have, have more players. And like you called it an all-star team. Isn't, isn't that what this is basically? Yeah, but it, it's just – if you p- look at Salah. Um, I get it. The degree of difficulty Chelsea. is harder for, for Villa and, and, and Rashford. And they, they'd be nothing without Firmino, and Firmino isn't on this list. So It wouldn't be nothing without Firmino because I think that actually uh, – maybe not Salah, but Mane I think adds everything that Firmino is able to add to a game with his game. And he's, pa- and he's faster – and more clinical. Probably I'll give you the faster the and more clinical. I'll definitely give you that. He presses. He presses. He can drop in deep and play a cam if, if need be. He does it for Senegal all the time because they're Senegal. Um, but it, it, he he can do he can do any job on. I, I just can't wait for him to go to Madrid. He's going to be good there. Yeah. Um, they need to get Hazard out. He is old, fat, past his prime. Lester can run a run a run a robbery on somebody, but so can Chelsea. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Who's your nine though? Who, who's up top oh, for you? Uh, the person who's going to win the golden boot this year and mm. uh, just happens to be the guy who won it last year or last season, mm. uh, Jamie Vardy. He is a top 10 striker in Premier League history. He is undoubtedly a legend at Leicester and in England. Um, you can't beat him. You can't beat him. There are some games where he'll get three touches and I'll have a goal. It's when the word clinicals in a def, in a dictionary, you look up, it's a picture of Jamie Vardy's breaking a corner flag and that's him. That's him. Just shit and all. He's the full package. He is the Jose Mourinho of strikers, the shit the legendariness, and just the lovableness. I I like I, I agree with all your points about his shithousery, his lovableness, his legendary status. You know, he's part of probably the most immaculate Premier League title run ever that there ever will be. Maybe, maybe this year someone else surprises us. It could happen. Villa, Villa, that would be that'd be up there. Yeah, a point yeah, away from relegation to win a title. That would be up there. But um, I, I'd say that uh, my striker is going to be not the Jose Mourinho strikers, but the striker that Jose Mourinho took to a whole nother level. Harry Kane was already world-class before Jose got there. And, you know, in, in a, you know, you might not have been able to understand this if you watched uh, all or nothing Spurs, but through a thick 
thick accent, Harry Kane says that he wants to be better than Messi. He wants to be as good as Messi. And Jose tells him that, Harry, you can do that, my boy. Go, be free, be you, be a butterfly. And Harry Kane is metamorphosized into a mixture of a, of a out-and-out, true number nine, goal-scoring extraordinaire, hold-up play. Uh, he can pass the ball like a world-class 10. He, he is just the whole package. He works hard. He does it all. He does it all. He's the best striker in the world right now, in my opinion. And um, he, he, is, he is Tottenham. He is Tottenham. That is he. He is Tottenham, and he is my striker. Yeah, I uh, I respect the pick because Harry Kane is a uh, is a top the top top striker in the world, top two, top three. Uh, just yeah, so I like it. I like it. But now, uh, who is your all important manager of the year, two thousand and twenty? Well, like I said. This man took Harry Kane to another level. He's taking Spurs to another level. I still believe that. You you may believe that they may be Spursing a little bit. Could be the case. We'll see. I'm picking Jose Mourinho because of his tactical genius, his shithousing antics, his his Instagram poking fun at the FA earlier today, say, saying calling it the best league in the world while sarcastically remarking that they still didn't know that they were going to play a few hours before the game. You know, that's, uh, that's my manager. I need my team to work hard. And most of all, if, if, you know, you gotta have a, you gotta have a world-class nine to win a, to win a game. And, uh, Harry and Jose are, they're, they're my combination. They are my, they're my creme to the creme in this team. I, I like it. Um, big fan of Jose, um, the second best manager of all time, um, and rightfully so. But uh, I'm torn between two here. Uh, my bias will take over, and that will be who I ultimately select. But my second guy, Chris Wilder, I need to give him a shout for this year's not the this season hasn't looked top form at all. But I think uh, if Marcelo Bielsa can get on the coach of the year shortlist for the world. I think Chris Wilder guiding Sheffield to a near Europa league spot uh, has to get some recognition and just what he was able to do. And who knows, maybe he can turn this season around uh, and write another storybook ending for this team by keeping them up. But who knows? Uh, So I want to give him his due respects, but my manager of the year, the guy who closed a 14 point gap, on fe- from February 1st to the top four to finish in the top four and uh, developed some world-class players right now and brought in the best player in the world right now, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer. He is my manager of the year because what he's been able to do at United, what he's doing now, like we spoke about earlier, they're in second place with a game in hand, two points off the top spot. So... Just credit to him, you know, and for someone who's seemingly always on the hot seat, he's not doing too bad, Uh, not doing too bad. Only Liverpool have picked up more points than United in the year 2020. So let's. uh, Um, No, I I respect that. Believe it or not. Um, I, uh, I, you know, you can't 
you can't not recognize what's being done at the end of the day. Um, the the point total that they overcame, dropping so many points, that happened in 2019. 2020, he turned it around, got them to finish in a Champions League spot, and then right now they could potentially be first in the Premier League by the next time we record an episode. It, it could be the case. Get um, the ribbons out. So get, get the ribbons. Cut. Yeah, what color, what color are you wearing to the parade, buddy? Devil um, red. Devil red. Devil red. Devil red. Yeah. You know, I, I, I respect it. I can't, I can't hate on it. You know, it may be something to be desired in terms of the champions league this year, but you know, it's, it, it wasn't out of, it wasn't out of United being bad that I said they would not make the knockout stage. It was because I, I respect PSG and, and Leipzig as clubs that much. The, no, no knock on Ollie there. So I respect it. I respect it. Um, but those are our team of the years. Let us know who would win. I personally think my team would win in a 2-0 defeat, keeping the clean sheet, just how Josie likes it. His favorite result. What are you going to do? No, yeah, that's not going to happen because everyone knows how the Halloween one went and my team would smash yours. And it's just going to be a repeat. Uh, you'd get a goal. I'll give you the respect of a singular goal. Um, but that's about it. Jose is going to be fuming. The better team lost. Uh, so can't wait for that post game. Better team lost. You just said it. Well, no, yeah, that's just my team. Quote. A better team. That's it. Direct clip quote, it. Direct clip it, chat. From Jose. Direct chat. Quote. Clip it. I don't know. I don't know. It's, you got Salah and uh, Mane on there, so I'm not too scared. Not oh, too scared wow. at all. Not too As scared. They're the still tied with top Newcastle. The they're still tied in. with Newcastle. Not a yeah. Those, those that's why I bet. Scared. That's why I bet a goal and a half, man. That's I. I know these things. I know these things. That's only that a day less to rest. Less of rest. So obviously, if they win, it's going to be tight. And no matter what the result is, Klopp's going to bitch like hell after this. Ink it. Oh, so excited. Um, so excited for that. But I'm. I'm even more excited to get into this get into this next week of games the uh final the first games of the new year's first game of the new year's and uh, to kick it off on new year's day got everton at home to west ham united everton will be coming off a very very nice long restful rest west ham um i still don't know if they'll have antonio back i i'm gonna assume that they won't have antonio back and for that reason I'm going to lean Everton. If there's good odds on the double chance, give me that. If there's not, then my hand will be forced to taking them on the money line, which is I'm not scared of. But if it's, if it's like less than minus 200 odds or better, then give me the Everton double chance. Um, yeah, I, I like a draw on this one. Um, mainly because Everton have been playing really well. Top four. Uh, but uh, they're still without Hamas, and they're still without uh, Alan. So just two very, very important people on that team that a lot of the stuff goes through, whether it be defensively or offensively. But uh, I still think they're good enough to at least nip a point from this one. So I'm going to say it's a draw because West Ham are not a pushover either. Yeah, West Ham definitely not pushovers. I can see a draw. 
I just, I don't know. I, I feel so nervous about dra- betting draw money lines because they're so, so enticing and big. It makes <laughs> me feel like it's not going to happen. Um, that, that could be a very good play, though. Uh, next game on the weekend at Old Trafford, Manchester United versus Aston Villa. I don't do this often. I'm going to do it. No way. I'm, I'm going to give my real pick first, my smart pick. My smart pick is Aston Villa, double chance. Win or tie for them. I see United dropping points after a miraculous last-minute deflection. Aston Villa is in great form. I think they match up well to take on Manchester United. And um, I believe that Mingzi will be back, right? One match uh, ban for Reds, or is it three? Was it a straight red? or No, no it was two yellows, yellows, right? So he's back. Yellows. He's back. He'll be back, so I like that for Aston Villa. Um, but uh, here's my hot take take. Correct score one zero. Ali Watkins only goal of the game. It's going to be exact, exact carbon copy of the friendly match they played before the Premier League started. Scoreline and goal score. Ink it. Your thoughts? Um. Yeah. Um. Well, here's my thinking. If United were to have were going to lose a game in this period, it was going to be the Wolves, and they didn't. And United will not play like as bad as they did two games in a row, because if they do, they'll pull another one out of their ass because that's United. So, I think Jack Grealish scores in this game. Uh, you know, nice little audition at the theater, but uh, United win. United win. This is. The title charge is on. I mean, I mean oh my god, it's shameless now. Yeah. We need, we need, we need Jack Grealish to knock you United fans down a peg, make you, make you realize that you need to get your shit together at Old Trafford. You were lucky for that three points. What and, uh, title charges? I, I heard rumors. I've heard rumors. I don't know. I, I am heard rumors. Now, but I heard rumors that uh. Bruno's been calling him and telling him to practice how he's going to lift up the trophy next season when he's at United. So um, we'll just see. But wow, yeah, um, wow. yeah, Grealish scores, United win. All right, Grealish scores, United win. Probably not a bad play either. Um, next game on the weekend, though, Tottenham versus Leeds United. This one I think plays perfectly in the Jose style if they have it. And this is so this is dependent on if the game is played and who can play it. If if Spurs are missing half of their fucking squad because of COVID, then shit, dude, Leeds are going to win this game. I'm I'm sorry. I don't think Spurs reserves have enough to contend with Leeds for 90 minutes just being hammered and peppered with shots. Um but if Spurs are healthy, then they're going to get this win. It's going to be a 2-0, 3-0, comfortable, counterattacking galore. Your thoughts? I, uh, I, I think Spurs win no matter what. And honestly, oh. if Spurs are missing players, I think it's more likely they win. What if they're missing, like, Lloris? All right, yeah, Lloris, okay, yeah. besides Lloris. But anyone else, even Kane or Son, if they're missing anyone, Ooh. I think I think those win. three players that we just named are, like, the only three, like, where it really, <laughs> really matters. Because uh, maybe Kane or Son, but, like, if – Well, if they lose off – okay, the off yeah. chance they lose – I think if they lose Lloris one – is the only untouchable one for me. Yeah. They can lose the other two. 
But not both of them. No, they can lose both of them. They can wow. Lose both. All right. Because I, okay. how, how okay. Jose would it be to scrape out a 1-0 draw playing U23s? Or a 1-0 no win. Sorry. It would be fantastic for Josie. The post-game would be a respect, respect. All we talk about him. how he wasn't talked about for coach of the year. Yeah, and just – and even if they have all those players, still going to be one nothing. It's going to be a scrappy, scrappy game because uh, I don't think Leeds score, to be honest. They, I don't think they can break down Jose's team. But, yeah, we'll, well see. Um, Spurs, no matter what. Yeah, I, hey, that would be – be, Contingent on Luis. That would be quite a storyline, but uh, I, I don't know. I think Leeds has too much quality up top to, to play against kids. Rafinha, Harrison. Jose's kids. They're Jose's kids. They're not just They're kids. Jose's kids. They're Jose's special ones. Um, <laughs> in the next game, though, Crystal Palace versus Sheffield United. This is the one, guys. This is it. This is the moment we have all been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen. Three points for the Blades. Your thoughts? I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Chris Wilder, it's uh, he, he's 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 doing it. He's doing it. He's doing Get it. Get out the champagne. Get out the champagne. Out the champagne, baby. I love it. I I love it. Um. All right. Next game, you got Brighton at home to Wolves. Uh, Wolves picked up some knocks, but they played their asses off. They're going to be. They're going to be rested for this, and they they're the better team. So uh, I think I think Wolves I think Wolves are going to drop points and get a draw here because that's what they do. Uh, they're going to play down to their competition, even though they have no business doing that, and they they're gonna they're gonna drop points. Yeah, um, Wolves are, is a draw has draw written all over it. Wolves are not the Wolves we know without Raul Jimenez. Mexican uh, Wolf proving to be a costly loss. Yeah, it's it's kind of because Adama can't. I mean, Adama got pocketed by Harry Maguire. Calendar year without a goal for him, man. That's yeah, nah. It's that's their. I mean, all respect to Neto. Uh, he's a beast. Podence beast. Vitinha gonna be sick. Fabio Silva. You guys know how high I am on him, but Jimenez is a glue guy. He's yeah. a glue guy, and without him. They're just going to be lackluster. So I, I see the Brighton's very bad. So, yeah. I, see very bad, I, so. I can see a scoreless draw on this. Yeah. Maybe the under two and a half is in play as well. Um, but next game on the weekend, another upset special coming at you guys. Big Sam, West Bromwich, Albion. I wouldn't call Arsenal rich. They're going to take from the hood rich and give to the poor. They're gonna they're gonna take they're gonna take that nice car from the from the from the guy who's behind on his child support, and they're gonna give it right back to Chris Wilder or whoever else needs it needs it badly. Um, I think West Brom pick up at least a draw, probably all three points in all likelihood. Um, this has one nil written all over Arsenal. They think they're hot shit now that they've picked up six points. I can feel it. I can feel the AFTV juices flowing. I can feel Mikel getting his Lego-esque hair back. It's getting to full form. I, everybody's just feeling themselves. And this is going to be the result that, that sets back to reality that, no, 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 sir. This is a relegation fight. You need to fight hard for every game, every point that you pick up. And when they don't, 
Big Sam and his men are going to pull a masterclass. Arsenal win because okay. uh, they're on. They're, they haven't played too well besides the Chelsea game, but six from six uh, or six points from six points. And Arsenal won't reach. They will reach peak shamelessness if they win another game. And that will only set them up for their inevitable failure. So I think a win here is best for all parties involved. So I'm going to see gonna go with the win. Besides Brighton, a win would suck for Brighton. But, I mean, yeah. AFTV troops after Arsenal get three wins from three. It's just going to – we're back, blood. We're back. We're back. And then next week go out and lose to whoever they play. Let me see who they play next. See if this see if this narrative works out. <laughs> Let me see this. They got they got Newcastle in the FA Cup and then they got Palace in the league. Oh, oh that sets it up. I don't know. They should be the Palace yeah. is a tough game, but they're gonna get washed because Palace I'd, were bad for him. I'd really much rather them lose to Big Sam just because of the big Sam aura. It would add oh, to the yeah. mystique. So um I'm going to stick with my pick, but I, I like yours as well. The setup for the ultimate inevitable failure, as long as we know that's coming, I'm, I'm with you all the way. They still but finish um, above Leeds, though. Disclaimer. No. Dude, you're uh, ridi- Double down or triple ridiculous. down. Ridiculous. I'm losing count. Every week I'm going to say it. Ridiculous. So. You're ridiculous, bro. Um, Burnley in Turf more taking on Fulham, the, the COVID cottage. Again, you know, you got to see what the lineup is, especially for Fulham, man, because if they're missing a guy like Anthony Jedi Robinson or Alphonse Areola or Adamalala Lookman or um, Mitrovic or <laughs> Bobby, Bobby De Cordova Reed Esquire. Oh, su- such names on that squad. You, you really, I love them for that alone. Um, but at the end of the day, like, they're going to be missing somebody because of COVID. Maybe they're back from COVID. I'd like to think that we've seen enough athletes come back from COVID and be not themselves for at least a week or two until they are. So um, I'm going Burnley in this one. If, this, if, if COVID had not ridden through this club, I was going to ride Fulham in this one. I was going to take a page out of your book. I know you have high Fulham energy, but given the circumstances, uh, I, I, think, uh, I think the bees – Pick up three. Um, see, I am I'm torn here because uh, now was there a COVID outbreak in Spurs and Fulham? Nope, just the cottage. Okay, um, Spurs was fine. All right, then yeah. Uh, Jose literally had his feet up. Yeah, he was comfy, chilling. Nice area wherever they were. Really, but, dude. I think that was the Spurs, like their their facility. I think that's, that was the place that they incredible. would eat. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, nice. It is beautiful. He has a nice office. They, the Spurs, give oh, hats yeah. off to them. Yeah. You know, you might want to rip on them for their transfer market ways, but it's because of that. You see the money's going somewhere. It's yeah, not like well. the Phils, and they're just like, oh, it's 200 million. I don't know where we put it. <laughs> to, to be fair, uh, the NFL did help them build it, so that's probably why it's so damn nice. Oh, yeah, because they used to play in Wembley. Now they play yeah, there, right? Yeah, That's cool. Oh, that's actually pretty sick. That sells yeah, the whole so experience cool. more, you know. Uh-huh. Right. And, I and the, the field, actually, it, like, retracts, which is sick. Like So now it won't fields. be mucked up before. 
Exactly. Like the the field, like, okay. like in Arizona, when the field slides out, it just slides yeah. under the stands. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. But yeah, Fulham, uh, Fulham don't lose. That's my thing on this. I don't think they lose no matter what. All right. Okay. Uh, I, I like your conviction. I disagree with your logic. But uh, nonetheless, we got more games to call. Newcastle United versus Leicester City. Hey, man, as it stands right here, right now, at the time of recording, Newcastle have gone into the halftime 0-0 with Liverpool. Oh, my goodness gracious. They only have 27% on the ball. But what? More shots. Less on. More, more, more shots off target. Less, off, less on target. So that's not good. No big chances opposed to Liverpool's one. It looks like Liverpool will probably eventually chip away at them for a goal, but don't give up hope on Newcastle. They're they're fighting hard and and God damn you, God damn you, Newcastle United. They're gonna fight hard again for a point at Leicester at Leicester City. I think this one's a draw. Your thoughts? I think Leicester win. I think uh, they're gonna get a draw against Liverpool. You know, um, shout out DeAndre Yedlin with a key pass uh, going into the half. Um, but, 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 but Leicester, just a good team. Jamie Vardy, he's going to have a party and he's not sorry. He's not sorry. I love it. I love the bars. I love the pick. I can see it. I can probably see that, especially if they're able to get a point. Maybe, you know, this, that is the peak. Yeah. Put two, two together that are really good. And I forgot Vardy rested last game when they drew, if he's, Nice and healthy, which he should be. Plays the full 90. Probably Leicester going to yeah. get the three. Um, next game on the weekend, my personal most hated team in the Premier League, along with their fan base, believe it or not, Arsenal fans. They're an Arsenal. There is a club that I disdain more than you and you guys. It is Chelsea Football Club and the Lions. An obnoxious bunch of quite frankly, racist bastards. I, I can't, I can't say it any other way than that. I'm just going to call it like I see it. If it, it quacks, looks, talks, dresses, it's a duck. It's a fucking duck. Um, look, fuck these guys have a long gambling history with a fan of their fan base. That's not the point here. The point is we, we chew COVID up and we spit it out for fucking breakfast. And that's what we're going to do. Just like these Chelsea lion Fake blue motherfuckers. We're the real blue team in London, in, in England, not London. Excuse my French. Fuck the French. Conte is a bitch. 3 no city. Fuck it. Um, I'm not here for the Conte slander. You know, he's in a shell of the player. No, 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 no. He's, he's, a, he's, a, real, he's a real shitbag. He's like Kyung Ming Song. He's in the he, he's, he's he's, he's, no. He's, no, he, he, you sun think sun. he's lovable because he smiles, waves, and doesn't speak fucking English. Really? He's a dirty cunt on the pitch, and we all know it. We all know it. We all have seen a tackle from Conte. It's a bit late, a bit too much aggression. But you see he's 5'7 and cute as hell, and you're like, oh, it's fine. No, it's not fine. It's not fine. And it's only a matter of time until he hurts someone else. Um, I, I think putting oh, him and Son in the same breath as people is terrible. His son's an actual bad person. Conte, nice guy. Um I don't even know. Will this game happen? Nobody knows. Um, but if it does happen, these teams are going to respect each other way too much, and it's going to be a nil-nil draw. And, uh, yeah, 
It's going to be like all right. City United all over Look, again. If, if we're missing people, then maybe that could be the case. But uh, if we're healthy, then no shot. We're going to run right through these fools. But um, speaking of Conte, you know, I just wanted, you know, YouTube, if he's ever injured anything, anybody, nothing like the Gomesh zone tackle. So, you know, I'll give you that. But um, what I did find, though, and this supports a completely separate, probably irrelevant, unrelated argument. Guess what? Uh, guess what's been a nagging injury for Angolo Conte over his over his stay at Chelsea, especially the last few months. His back, specifically. His spine. Abductor problems. Who else has abductor problems? Every pitcher in the MLB. Who else is a short, lovable, melanated? central defensive midfielder who has abductor problems who you are not too keen on um, Tyler Jeffrey Jordan Adams has abductor problems and oh, I think that's God. all you need to know I think that's all you need to so know so they're both terrible people no the proof's in the pudding they might be both terrible people but that's who I want holding my defensive midfield line I need I don't want Conte holding my I don't want Conte holding I need Roger to be Roger to start being a shit bag that's what I need. And get abducted problems. A real dirtbag. Get some back problems. Hit a kid. I don't fucking know. Do what you need to do. Get me. You got to get me. You got to get angry. You got to get mean. Don't uh, sign autographs after a game. Just spit on the fuck pictures. Yes. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, I respect this. But I don't respect the Cowboys. But when D-Law dubbed that kid. <laughs> the Giants jersey. That's... I fucked the Cowboys, but that energy is I'm okay with needed. That. Yeah. <laughs> um next game though. Southampton takes on Liverpool. They'll be nice and rested. Klopp will have nothing to bitch about. And um I think the Hassan Hootel press meeting the Klopp press, the better of the two presses will win. And um I, I think that's Liverpool's press. I think the the Klops they they win out on the day. Your thoughts? Um, I think this result is 100% contingent on today in the Liverpool game. Because uh, Liverpool seem to lose someone to injury every game. So there's still half or 45 minutes left to go in that one. So we'll see who they lose today. It's like bingo at this point. But uh, I mean, I hope they all heal up. <laughs> Put that out there, disclaimer. But uh I I see a draw on this, and this is going to be the most exciting draw of the season. Wow. That is, uh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be end-to-end from the fifth minute to the 95th minute. Um, just two teams that aren't stubborn, but two teams that really trust their system and are willing to give 100% to it. If Southampton show up, uh, they're going to cause some problems, and that's what I'm banking on. So I see I see an entertaining draw, but I could also see an entertaining Liverpool win. Yeah. I um. Hey, man, if Southampton are on their best, best, best day, then maybe they could do that. But um, I'll take, I don't know. I think B-plus game would get, would get Southampton points. I don't – I just don't think – I just don't think – Because I doubt really Liverpool's a, not bringing their A game. It's not a big deal. I could, I could, I could see that, but for me at least, it's. I just don't think Southampton have enough quality up front 
they don't get me wrong, they have quality, you know, like you said, Danny Ings, Che Adams, they're good. I wouldn't say they're really good. Their oh, wingers yeah. leave a lot to be desired. You know, they're good taking people on dribbles. Maybe they're not the smartest decision makers, the most technical. Um, you know, Theo Walcott, as good as he's playing this year, you know, if you have real aspirations to make a Europa League spot, which I'm sure they do, you don't want him to be your consistent right wing option, you know? Yeah. All right. But uh, that, that does it for us at the We Call It Soccer show. Any, anything else going on in the life of Fahey and the sports life, the life life, anything at all? Um, yeah, I'll just throw out a little couple of tidbits. Tidbits. Um, so, as you all know, it is mm-hmm. January coming up soon, New Year, but forget 2021. Forget all that resolution stuff. It's the transfer season, baby. And um, what a better way to prematurely kick it off on December 30th by giving some American transfer news. Juventus have officially signed Brian Reynolds, the FC Dallas right back, American-made, American-born, Fortune America going to be used in Italy for Juventus. Big signing, another big American going to a huge club. And uh, Joe Scaly, the 17-year-old right back, turns 18 tomorrow, will be going to Gladbach on January 1st and go straight into the first team with Marco Rose and his men. Um, so yeah, just, uh, just some cool little American tidbits there. And in the premier league, I think it's going to be an exciting January. Uh, a lot of teams are player or two players away from a real push to whether it be champions league or, uh, the title. So expect some activity, expect some activity and, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the transfer window. I didn't hear about the uh, Reynolds deal getting done. That's dope. I guess Juventus liked what they saw, considering as well they uh, they made Weston permanent. So, yeah. you know, I you know there are some rumors kicking around that big clubs in the Premier League, big clubs in La Liga, basically anybody who's anybody heard something about West, some Weston McKinney. And Juventus said, no, 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 no. We're going to just lock this guy up. Love to see it from him. Love to see it from the Americans. Oh, and um, uh, Mark McKenzie to uh, Genk. Genk, yes, saw that. Yeah. yeah. Philly Bull in Belgium. Love it. No, no greater match in the world. No greater match in the world. <laughs> oh. Is he going to find a decent cheesesteak? He's gonna, dude. He's gonna, he's gonna adopt the culture, bro. He's gonna, he, dude. He, what? I, I just ink it, ink it. There's gonna be a video of him talking. What do they speak in Belgium? Bel, Belgian? I, I think German or Dutch. Dutch, German. Well, it's gonna be like the the Spanglish version of whatever that language is. But he's gonna throw John in that shit. That's gonna, it's gonna go viral. <laughs> it's <laughs> like Jesse March, but like. John somewhere in there. Jesse Marsh of Philly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're here for it. I can already That's tell you. fucking Guggentalk. <laughs> like, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh, right. Walker's going to have a new favorite player. 
come up. I, I mean, in a year in 2020. You know, Aronson at Salzburg. I mean, I'm going to have to start watching the Austrian league. He's gone point. right, yeah, right into it. Mark yeah. said he's going to be a very important piece. Um, yeah. Although the fan base shoes, already connecting him to Shoba. Big shoes to fill though with him leaving. Uh, yeah, the boys. No, I mean Schobersly is amazing. So like world class, I think he will be one day. He's going to be really, really good. Great in no, FIFA. Yeah. Really no, the first team. time I watched Salzburg play this Champions League, like immediately jumped off the screen. I'm like, who who is that? Who is that? He's yeah. really good at soccer. Some Super teams. skillful, has two feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. Pass can shoot from distance. Yeah, Leipzig. Box. Leipzig got a player. Works really hard too. He gets a he gets a yellow card here and there. I, I really like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently for Leipzig, some more transfer rumors. Have you heard um to make room for him? Look, they're shopping Campbell. Oh, but no, not Campbell, not Campbell. F that guy. Lemaire or Lemaire? No, who's the other one? The you think he's Austrian? Um let's check. Let's let's Who check. Sabitzer. That's Sabitzer. Right. Yeah, they're looking he's on shopping Sabitzer. Exactly. He's pretty good. I think he's a player that could make a jump to the next level. Because they, they have Forsberg, they have Nkunku. Now they have Silver Sly. So maybe make a make a buck on uh on a uh on a transfer for him. Yeah, he he could be useful at one of these teams fighting to stay up. Definitely could. Definitely yeah. could. Maybe uh maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But that's what January is for. The best, second best transfer window of the year is January. Uh so yeah. That's uh that's all I got. All right. Um last thing before we go, gotta shout out Philadelphia real quick. Joel Embiid, first seventy sixer to start the season with consecutive back to back to back to back. Four backs. It's four backs we're counting, twenty five and ten games since Charles Barkley. Uh, so uh that means an injury is coming soon, right? Why? Why do you I, do this? I no. mean I mean, that means that means the Ben Simmons trade talk is really ramped up because despite Joel Embiid looking to have clearly taken a step (laughs) in his conditioning and his want and his need to go into the post and get fucking dirty, get dirty. Ben Simmons still ain't taking jump shots and he's playing lockdown defense, really going to make a case for the deep boy. He's he's already shut down. um, He shut down. uh, He didn't shut down Sexland. Sexland was too much for him to handle. But uh, he gave Siakam, Westbrook, and Barrett the business. Wow. That's the best wow. nickname in the NBA, by the way. Like Sexland, it's, it's pretty funny. Sexland, it's, uh, it's great. I, I'm also kind of intrigued how you grouped Russell Westbrook, an MVP, Pascal Siakam, a, uh elite player, and R.J. Barrett, the Knicks, in the same. Isn't he dropping around 20 so far? He, I, think I think R.J. Barrett's really been a – been I a think, nice surprise this season. I uh, think he's doing work. He was, you know, he was really surprising in game one, having my fantasy team. Didn't Love he beat that. the Bucks? Yeah, he did beat the Bucks, shooting like four of fifteen. Oof. Yeah, no, he he kind he went back. I don't know. He went back know. to being RJ Bear. All right, well, he had one really good game, like shot perfect. Siakam and Westbrook. I think that's great. You know, Westbrook uh, shot six for twenty-two. You know, he was just banging his head against the fucking wall with Ben Simmons. It was it's good to see. But uh, Seth Curry shooting threes had a had a had the dagger in Toronto last night. It was a great win, good win. 
Yeah, we didn't win by 47 yesterday. I don't want to hear it. So, uh, go Bucks beating the Heat. But nearly wow, you blew out you blew out a team with a guy named Precious starting. Great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's actually very good, but I'm just making fun of his name. You lost to the Cavs. Yeah, the Cavs are great. The Cavs are great. Sexton, Sexton, Sexton has added. Sexton has added so much to his game this year. He's no longer just a just a coked up cat in an alley. He's now has some thought to him, some finesse, some some feng shui to his game and how he orchestrates the court. Totally, totally. Garland gets buckets. Finish like eleventh in the East this year. Uh, That'll that'll be cool. Larry Nance Jr. is. Really Terrible. good player, bro. He's a really good player. He can do it all for them. He can he can defend he can he can defend up he can defend up and down the lineup. He can nail three. He can be a secondary playmaker. Ah, this is absurd. This is absurd. As as I closed it out last week, before. way too early hot take. Way too early hot take. Cavs make the playoffs in the A seed and get cut right. it. Yeah. So before you guys once again lose all hope in our credibility. Um, I'm Michael. He's Walker. We're the We Called Soccer Show, and we'll be back at you in the new year. Happy and healthy wishes to all, and to all, a good night. There it is. Yo, everybody have a have a great 2021, and uh, make sure you bet that future right now. Plus 1100 odds, great money. Or you can keep Deuces, your money, guys. Or you can keep your money. Always smart. Uh, you know, invest. Oh. IPOs coming in 2021. Roblox, buy that. Roblox, you know the guy on Wall Street. Roblox is launching an IPO in 2021. Get your broker on the phone. Get a piece of that action. It's the best game to ever be invented. Definitely top three, depending on your preference. But uh, get that IPO. It's going to be hot and heavy. Wow. Yeah. Well- that's we do it all here i was trying to tell daniel this last night but he was just yelling at me about a turtle or some bullshit yeah oh walker also doesn't like turtles for the for the vast majority of people who love turtles out there Keep the plastic straws no just kidding no. just as long as there's no paper ones metal rubber all fine yeah. but paper straws are actually hate paper straws so much like has have you guys never walked with the fucking textbook or notebook in the rain it's garbage <sighs> after two minutes just like oh, the yeah. straw it's ridiculous like just honestly dude just rubber fucking it's all about the rubber just give me an open lidded cup and tell me to fuck yeah. myself if you're gonna give me a paper straw like that would be easier for me because I <laughs> give me a hot coffee in a plastic cup and a see-through Honestly, plastic dude. McDonald's cup before you yeah. give me a paper straw. For real. Oh, <laughs> have you ever done that? Pour poured coffee, hot coffee into a cup that isn't supposed to hold hot things. No, no. Oh well, if you do it in glass, it's too thin. What happens is when you pick it up, it just separates. It's pretty cool. It's almost as if a lightsaber cut through it. Just clean. <laughs> that's pretty. That's probably how they did the special effects. Ooh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Wow, what a show! What a show! Yeah, <laughs> we got we got to it all. We got to oh, last last thing. Now now that I mentioned Star Wars, I know you don't follow Star Wars Twitter, so I'm just gonna fill you in on this. Myself and many people, no spoilers, no spoilers, had a very visceral reaction to the last episode of. Uh, 
Mandalorian season two for, for obvious reasons, to be honest, anybody who's a Star Wars fan knows what I'm talking about. Um, one of the creative directors at Lucasfilm, a, a huge Star Wars YouTuber, one of the most popular 2.5 mil subs, big, big channel. Mm-hmm. He cries. He has a live stream of it and he cries while he's watching it. Like he has tears. Oh, I've seen that TikTok. This guy, his name is, I forget his name. It's slipping me. He's from Chile. I forget his name. That's not the point. He basically says, you, you, should, not, you should not show your emotions while reacting to this. That's not what it's for. And he's basically just bashing people for having an emotional reaction to the art that he made. And, it's just, and now he's it just reopened wounds from the Star Wars fan base hating Disney. They brought it on themselves yet again, and it's it's sad to see. After we were doing, we were so good for so long. Things were going so good; it was so healthy. And then, boom! Well, Disney's the best company on earth. So, no, they're blood sucking vampires. They finally got it together, and then people like this. Well, is people he connected like to Disney? This. Yes, Lucasfilm, Disney, they Star Wars. The, the guy who said, "Don't cry." Yeah, no, 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 no. The guy who said don't, the guy who said don't do that, don't cry. Oh, yeah. It's probably because his idea like got shelved or something. Probably just a personal vendetta. But he was, he was like on the on the uh, he was on the production team for episode three for the Mandalorian. All he's big, like he's legitimate. Hmm. So it looks like Star Wars is in shamble. In shambles. Uh, Shout out KG the comedian. I know you love Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Wake up, wake up, wake up. That was good, we got to it all. Wake up, wake what an episode. Up. What an episode. Alright, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. I don't even really need to tote this to focus. I'm just trying to get rid of the locusts, you know this. Niggas wearing Gucci in the Louis store.